Welcome to Your Favorite Self with me, Sophia Hyde. I'm on a mission to change the conversation in the personal growth space to one that gives you back all the power. Gone are the days of pursuing things that other people told us to value. The beauty of the word favorite is that it means you have full ownership to declare what you want. This is a space for conversations centered around how to birth those desires that are sitting just beneath the surface. As a certified master life coach, I'm here to help you get tangible results and transformation. So let's get to work. Hello, my favorites. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Favorite Self podcast. I am just so grateful to be here with you guys today. Um, This is going to be a great conversation around time, but I want to first begin with giving you guys a personal update. I posted about this in my Insta stories over the weekend, um, if you happen to catch those before they expired, but um, I am currently recording this from my bed and I'm laying sideways. I should take a selfie. I need to show you guys. I'm not trying to be sexy, but I'm definitely in that like sideways head resting on my hand <laughs> posture as I record this episode for you guys. And that's because um, I threw my back out this weekend. Um, and ultimately, it was a result of Wednesday evening. I went on a long run training for the sprint triathlon I had signed up for. Um, and I was actually really proud of that run. I had some of my best time. I was, you know, I'm really building some stamina, be able to run faster. Um, you know, we're not quite sure exactly what I did wrong. I don't think it was my form. I've worked really hard. I had a running coach a few years ago. I really don't think it was the form precisely that I was running in that messed me up so bad. Um, I think it was these shoe inserts I bought, um, to help with, I have a really high arch and it has like, I've ended up with these, like bun- I'm giving you guys TMI, but um, ended up with these like bunions on my feet. And part of being able to possibly let them heal naturally is getting my foot in a proper position. So anyways, all that to say, I, um, I don't think I was supposed to run in those inserts. I think they are just for walking. And that pressure of 48 minutes of running in the wrong position um, messed me up. And so I was sore for a couple days. And then I went to my chiropractor because I was in so much pain, guys, that I could not, literally couldn't get off the floor for two hours. And then it was excruciating to get into the bed. When I could finally get in to see her, she squeezed me in um, on her day off at 7 p.m. in between shopping with her friends and taking her dad out to dinner. (laughs) She was like, I can see you. So I got over there. Um, but on the way to get over there, I I was trying to walk um, out of my bedroom and my husband was having to help me because I literally could not walk without support. It was insane. And I passed out. I I didn't realize I actually passed out. I just knew everything went black. Um, uh, and yeah, it was just, it was really bad. My nine-year-old, 10-year-old daughter saw it all happen. And um, yeah, it was a whole ordeal. It was not good. But anyways, I got to the chiropractor. It turns out that my, um, when I was running, my, something in like the sacrum and pelvis area, like that area, 
it, tw- it, it twisted and then it like stayed twisted, which is why I felt soreness for a couple of days. Um, but when she laid me on the bench, um, my right leg was an inch and a half higher than my left leg. Like I wasn't even walking even because I was so out of alignment. She thinks like maybe it could have been the fit inserts. She says that I was out in my neck area and then going on a 48 minute run, being out of alignment in the neck, like caught the whole spine's crooked. So anyway, she thinks it was connected to that. Who knows? The point is <laughs> I am now back. I'm straight. I am aligned. I am healing, but I have to rest it because even though I am... um aligned, it's all super sore down there from getting all twisted and those because when the bottom, the pelvis and sacrum, whatever down there twisted, it then, you know, pushed those lower that like lumbar area. I'm I'm not a science person, guys. So the words like I'm probably getting them wrong, but those vertebrae at the bottom, they kind of like got smushed, you know, which is why I was feeling my problem was in the sacrum and pelvis, but I was feeling the pain in my lower spine area. And so anyways, I am healing and it requires a lot of bed rest. So all of that to say, I am coming to you from this sexy position in, in my uh, loungewear from my bed. <laughs> um, I will take a picture and I'll put this up on Instagram for you guys. Um, okay. This week, the topic I want to share with you is it is around this idea that Time isn't really real. You know, it's this, it's the, the Einstein um, time theory that it shrinks and expands in proportion to your perception of it. But I want you to pay attention. This is why so many things continuously come back to self-care. And my definition of self-care is energy management. If you have not read, that is um, in my book. It is chapter three. It is the first book I dive into for very intentional reasons because it is the foundation for everything else. Um, So self-care is energy management. And this ends up affecting how we move through time. And I'm going to give you guys an example. This is why it came to my mind because it happened to me over the last couple of weeks. I started noticing this change in time because we could talk about time management all day long. You know, like we can use the logic brain and say, this is how long this should, this task should take. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I mean, I teach that in the me meeting and the favorite week, like how long is the task? So schedule on the calendar, but you have to also pay very close attention to your energy. And one of the best ways to waste time or save time, um, get more time, lose a bunch of time is to mismanage your energy. That that is a quick recipe for for mismanaging time. And it's a great recipe for getting more if you manage your energy properly. And so what I mean by this is there are some tasks, some people, some things that can exhaust and deplete our energy, and there are other things we can do that fill and fuel our energy. And if you begin to move through your life paying attention to how things make you feel, you will actually end up with more time in your life or if you're not managing it with less. So I'm gonna give you guys an example. Um, First of all, in the journal, 
there is an exercise that is pretty simple. If you don't have the journal, you could just get a sheet of paper and do this for yourself. It's just two columns. To take two columns and write down what are the things in my life that fuel me and what are the things that drain me. And one of the examples I provide in my book is my children, they're on both, right? There are different things I do with my kids that just are so restorative and life-giving and joyful and it can just send me into abundance, right? But they are also 1000% the most draining thing in my life. Like they are harder than any work I do. They are harder than any other relationships I manage. Like my kids exhaust me. (laughs) And I think if you talk to any parent, I shouldn't say any because any all never applies to everybody, right? But a vast majority of parents will agree with you. Um, and that's because there's, you know, the emotional management dealing with their meltdowns or whatever is happening, the disagreements, the, you know, trying to keep everything on a schedule and then res- the resistance you get. Like there's all these things that just drain your energy because you're having to f- pick and choose your battles, right? Or, solve problems you didn't know you were going to have to solve when you woke up today. There's a million things about children that will drain your energy. So like my kids are, they're on both my fuel and my exhaustion. Um, and they're, yet they're one of the most important things in my life, but I have to manage my energy properly, right? And so I have to be aware of how much they take out of me, which is one of the reasons I've stopped doing anything. I used to get be able to get work done in the evening. Even when they were little, like babies, I could put them to bed and then um, get some work done. But now, I mean, my kids are five and 10. And they they take more out of me now than when they were babies. And so there is no like putting them to bed and getting work done. It is it that when I do that, I do have to do it sometimes. It takes me twice as long to get that work done because I'm trying to do it from a place of exhaustion versus had I done that at 10 o'clock in the morning while they were at school, I would have gotten it done in half the time because I, my brain would have had more clarity and focus. And so this is what I mean by pay attention to your energy because how long a task takes you can be in direct reflection of your level of energy at the time. Again, going back to energy management, your all the other things that we talk about that produce energy apply here. We all know you have more energy if you get a full night's sleep, right? So tasks take me longer to complete if I hadn't had full night rest. So by prioritizing my sleep, I actually have more time in my day. I may not have more hours or more minutes, but I have to I don't have to spend as much time on the exact tasks, right? Because my brain is sharper, it's quicker, and it can focus easier, okay? That's that's an example of what I'm talking about here. Another example is and anything. So let, let's wrap up that conversation. We have sleep. We also have food. The types of food you're eating, you will have more energy or less energy. I've already talked on some of the ADHD episodes on the power of exercise and how that will produce dopamine and serotonin and endorphins and all this good stuff gets released in your body, you will you will be more productive and efficient and focused during your day if you have exercised in the morning. There's plenty of science and research to back that up. So there is those kind of, I don't want to say common sense, but we get preached those a lot, right? So these are these, these are really common messages. I am definitely not the first person who told you those things, right? You you knew them. Somewhere in you, you already knew it. 
The other thing I want you to pay attention to, though, is the way you are showing up in certain things in your life. This could be a task. This could be people. This could be meetings. Um, And scheduling your life in such a way that you're managing the energy of that activity. And I'm going to give you guys a very specific example because it's one that just came up for me. I, as you guys know, a book came out a couple months ago. I've been doing podcasts, interviews. I've got some speaking engagements coming up, right? So I'm getting out there talking about the book. And one of the things I noticed was a couple of the interviews that I did talking about it, or I did an Instagram live, they just energized me so much. I did the interviews and then I was on a high. I could have taken on any task, even if it was one that I was putting off or dreading. Like I was just so excited um, and fueled that I, I got off there and I was like, all right, let's get some stuff done. We go. I got all this energy. I got this clarity. I got this focus. It fueled me. And so I thought, oh my gosh, this is so great. I can totally make room for podcast interviews because then I have even more energy to do the other things on my list until I did one particular interview. And I don't I don't know when I go into these conversations with people who have read my book, I don't know what stood out to them. I don't know what part made them feel seen. I don't know what part resonated with them. And I did one interview where every question that she asked me and all the parts that she wanted to dive into were around some of the heaviest and hardest stuff I put in the book. Like, oh, okay. I shared my story, right? I chose to be vulnerable. I opened up in the spiritual chapter. Um, she had, she asked more in-depth questions in the family chapter than I had gone into in the book. So she and asked me to expand upon some of that stuff of what I was referring to in the friendship chapter. Like those were really hard experiences that I had talked about. Though that was actually. Believe it or not, the friendship chapter was the one that energetically wiped me the most to like, I had, I had like compartmentalized and put all those things like in such a far box in the back of my memory to like write about them. I had to bring them back to the surface, <laughs> like they're present. And the body, the brain doesn't really know the difference between the present moment and you reliving it in your mind. So you're literally just like reliving it. <laughs> so it hurt, like all the feelings that I wrote about that were hurtful. They hurt in the moment 15 years ago, 20 years ago. They hurt just as deeply when I had to relive them to write about them, right? And so that was one of the hardest chapters. So she, this particular um, reader had, that was what resonated with her. And if I didn't want to talk to people about it, then I shouldn't have written a book about it, right? I wrote it into my book because I knew it could help people. I knew it would make people feel seen. And she was one of those people. And so we went there. And of course, of course, I went there with her because that was what she wanted to talk about. And when I got off that podcast, I was like in a fog. So I just took some time to do nothing. Like, I think I probably scrolled Instagram or something. I was like, whew, I'm just going to take a minute to collect myself. And then the more I processed and replayed and, you know, you just do, you know, you just don't move on quite quickly from that stuff. My energy wiped. 
And I think I did that interview around noon. So I was done by one-ish, sometime around one, you know, vicinity. And I was done for the rest of the day. I didn't get anything done. Not one thing. My kids got home. I had nothing. I was like, we are watching TV. Mom has nothing in me. I literally, it it was about 9 p.m. This was really close to my daughter's birthday because I remember that I was getting ready for her party that week. And I um I remember that around 9 p.m. I told my husband, okay, I think my body is done processing that conversation and I feel good. I feel normal and I'm going to go ahead and bake her cake tonight so I don't have to do it in the morning. Um, I can, I feel good. And so I, start, I remember I started baking a cake at 9 p.m. And because um, it took me like eight hours to, to recover my energy from that conversation. And that was really enlightening to me, right? Like, oh, oh, some of these interviews are going to fuel you. And some of these interviews might wipe you out for the rest of your day. And so I'm sharing this with you to say, this comes out of time management, right? Because I blocked an hour or an hour and a half for the conversation. And it turns out it took eight hours out of me. Four of those were probably during my working business hours, but then it also took away from me being able to be present with my family. Um, And it wiped me out for eight hours, but I only scheduled an hour, an hour and a half for it, right? And so now I am more aware of this. Um, I'm, I didn't know, I really wasn't, I really wasn't aware that, um, it was going to affect me so much, um, depending on which chapters people really clung to and which parts of the book they wanted to talk about. I genuinely did not know that it was going to energetically impact me. And so now I plan my calendar, um, in such a way that it's okay if we go there. And so if we get off the podcast and we are talking, like if we want to talk self-care, body spoke, contribution spoke, like I'm just trying to think which other ones are, the mind spoke, lit up, lit up, let's go all day long. (laughs) And maybe that's because for those, I am very much in the mind, like uh, from, I'm I'm talking from like logic um, and those other spokes that are like deeper, they're stored in my body. Um, and so I'm sharing like from the heart and the gut, like this is not stuff that you can just process in the mind. And so there, and I'm, I'm sure if somebody's listening to this, who's trauma informed, of course, yes, my brain stored some of these things as, as traumatic, even something like a friend hurting your feelings, like my body. So when my body goes through that, it's, it's, it's got wires in the brain connected to it. It's all connected to the body. Like I get it. I know these things. Okay. I know these things. Um, but I'm still willing, I'm still willing to talk about them. So anyways, all that to say, this is an example of how Something that you put on your calendar that you're like, oh, this is only going to take an hour can actually wipe you for the rest of the day. And I know most of you listening to this are not putting podcast interviews on your calendar right now, but you are agreeing to other things. So pay attention to people in your life. You might have a friend or a family member that to spend an hour around them will send your head spinning for four or five hours as you like replay the conversation in your head or whatever. You know, I I can think of a a friend I had to just strategically 
pull away from and slowly separate from because I was always completely drained after being around her. Whatever it is about her presence and the energetic exchange between us and the stuff she wants to talk about, I just feel so depleted after having been in a room with her. And I can still love her. I just have to manage the dosage, right? I just have to be more strategic. She's not somebody that I can, you know, go on a weekend getaway together with. Like that's not that's not going to happen. But I can still love her. Just have to manage my time and my energy. Um, and so, you just want to start paying attention to how things, what kind of energy they take. And yeah, look at your whole life. I know when I was a photographer, editing was exhausting. It should have only taken maybe a couple of hours, but then I would be kind of agitated and irritable after I edited for a couple of hours. Like it didn't bring out my best. So I had to be really careful how many hours a week I was scheduling to edit because it did not have a good effect on my energy. And so I had to plan my life around that. I would try and do it late at night because then I could just go to bed. I'd be like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm wiped. Now I'm going to go to bed. I could wake up fresh because doing stuff after having edited for several hours, I was kind of cranky, right? And so there might be tasks in your life that you want to pay attention to. How do they affect you energetically? Another example for me is I know if I have spent the whole day in bookkeeping and taxes and numbers and that stuff, like I'm tired. That is not an that is not a task I should do. And then like go to an event and be around a whole bunch of people. Like nope. Nope, nope, I have done all my exerting for the day. <laughs> if I have had to use that center of my brain and pour all that energy, we we need a we need a chill night. This is a hubby light the fire pit. Let's roast, you know, s'mores with the kids like kind of an evening. <laughs> that doesn't require any output from me. Um and so I want you to just start paying attention to the things in your life that drain you and fuel you. And then start rethinking how you want your calendar to look according to how it makes you feel. And I mean, I I think this part's common sense, but I, I do need to say it just in case it wasn't obvious to you. If something is really super draining for you, you might need to eliminate it from your life. Just like the example I gave with the friend I had to pull back from, right? There might be tasks with the, um, right now my business is so small. It requires, like financially, it's really, it's actually not a lot to manage. But when I had the photography business, uh, photography and video, there was sales tax and there was this and there was that and there was stuff going out all over the place and coming in from all over the place. And I hired a bookkeeper because I was like, I cannot, like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And so I knew it was worth it to pay this monthly fee for somebody else to manage my books, because it completely drained me. And so some of this stuff, there might be tasks that you can, I could have hired an editor, right? And I did a few times, um, right? So like, you can hire out some of these things that might drain you. Um, or you can eliminate them completely. I I could choose, I could if I wanted to, I could choose not to do podcast interviews, right? Oh, that takes too much energy out of me. I don't want to do it. That's actually not true for me. I do enjoy it. Even the one that energetically took a lot out of me, that was 
one of my favorite interviews I've done yet. Like, I loved it. It may have wiped my energy, but it was so heartfelt and deep. And I think it'll be really valuable for the listeners of that podcast because it was so raw. And I'm willing to go there. And I I appreciated that she asked me the hard questions. I just didn't plan accordingly, right? Now I know to plan accordingly. Um, what to expect of myself afterwards, to plan lighter activities or things that don't require, that would have been a good day to like, you know, declutter my closet. Like something that I'm like, I can just, this doesn't, I can or- organize this thing. You know, I, I needed something that wasn't going to require a lot of brain power. So that might have been a good time to put on a podcast and um, do something monotonous or clean my house or, you know, something that, that, by the way, that actually is something that I enjoy, like a deep clean. There's something really satisfying about putting on a podcast and then taking those like white sponge thingies, what are they called? Like the magic erasers and getting something like sparkling clean. Mm, something's very satisfying about that. So I might just have to rearrange what what I can and can't do. But the creative brain power, like that's gone if I've done something that just energetically wiped me, right? So it is I'm not gonna say no to podcasts because I enjoy them, even if they're hard, even if they take more out of me. Just like I love my kids, even though they take a lot out of me, they're one of my favorite things. So, anyways, that's that's today's conversation. Self-care is energy management. And are you planning your calendar in accordance to the energy you have to offer after whatever task you've completed? Keep it in mind. Think about it. And I'll see you guys, or not see you, hear from you, talk to you next week. Bye. That's it for today, friends. Thanks so much for joining. I want to remind you to check out the show notes. You will find links to purchase the Unleash Your Favorite Self book and journal. You can always schedule a one-on-one session with me. It's called a roadmap, and that is where the coaching process begins. And come join me on the socials. I'm on Instagram the most, and the links are down there. So yeah, and if you're feeling super generous, you could leave me a review on any of the podcast platforms, or if you have read the book and you haven't left a review on Amazon, that would be greatly appreciated too. Thank you guys so much. And I'll be back next week.